0: What are the biggest questions facing the Buffalo Bills running back room in 2022? I'm taking a deep dive into the dynamics of the position group today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, or if you are joining us on the YouTube channel, your first watch every day. Well, today on the podcast, we're going to begin our positional previews. I really hate saying that because it feels like there's so many different positional previews that you can Consume out there, but I'm going to do it kind of my own way, right? I'm going to have my own spin on how I do these positional previews. And it's really going to be centered around four different pillars of conversation. We're going to first reflect on 2021. Then we're going to identify what's new in the position group and what does that tell us about the team? Then we're going to talk about the biggest questions. Now and in the future for the makeup of the position group. And then we're going to close with my expectations for the unit in 2022. And so we're going to kind of break it down from four different angles and have hopefully good conversations that will set the right expectations and have the right understanding for the position group entering the season. And so it's not just going to be these are the players, this is what they do, this is what will happen this year. This is going to be a little bit more nuanced of a conversation. So today it's all about the running backs. Let's dig into it. Let's first reflect on 2021. And not that this is the full measurement of the team's rushing ability and a reflection of the Bills running back room, but statistically the Bills were an outstanding rushing offense last year. That probably feels weird to you, right? Because You've been told or you feel like the Bills don't run the ball consistently well. And they don't necessarily have super productive running backs. But at the end of the day, the Bills were number six in the NFL in 2021 in total rushing yards. They were eighth in rushing touchdowns. They were fifth in yards per attempt. Statistically, a very, very productive rushing offense. But as we know, a lot of that has to do with Josh Allen's impact on the team's rushing success. Now, Josh Allen's a very talented runner. Good things happen when he runs the football. It should still be a part of what the Buffalo Bills do. But I think part of the reason Josh has to run the ball as often as he does is because the bills aren't getting enough production from the running backs. So instead of it being a cherry on top piece of the pie, it's a big part of the, the filling of the pie, I guess. Does that, does that make sense? Just came up with that off the top of my head. We'll see if that's, if that's good or not. But Josh Allen at 763 rushing yards last year. Including running backs, Josh Allen was 25th in the entire league in rushing yards last year. That's certainly going to bump up your volume stats in terms of yards and touchdowns and of course yards per attempt. Now here's where it gets a little bit discouraging. Is when you take away all of the quarterback rushing stats and you just measure running back production, running backs and running backs only across the entire NFL. Last year, the Bills' running backs were 27th out of 32 teams in rushing yards. Not great, right? Especially when you understand the teams that were below them. The Giants, the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Panthers, and the Texans. Those were the five teams the Bills running backs outperformed in terms of rushing yards. Kind of weird when you consider how good of an offense the Bills have and how little production they get from the running backs. And that's not just running the football. The Bills running backs also did not make a big enough impact on the passing game. For the season, all the Bills running backs combined for 54 catches for 406 yards. Where does that rank among running backs and running backs only? 26th in catches, 28th in yards. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but hello, James Cook. Pretty low-hanging fruit, right? How can this Bills offense get better? Well, how about you get a lot more production out of these running backs? And not I'm not even going to ask for top-tier production. How about just average? Imagine if the Bills' passing efficiency stayed what it is, but they get to league average or, or top 20 in output from the running backs from both a rushing and receiving perspective. Brandon Bean knew what he was doing when he identified attacking This running back room with adding a James Cook and that skill set, but also some of the vision that we've we've seen with how the offensive line has evolved and how the coaching staff has evolved. Pretty excited about this. Really excited about this, actually. Now they get the yards after catch going, man, you're going to have something real special on offense. So reflecting back on the room is kind of what we've done in the overall production. But how about some of the individual players? Let's, let's look at them. Now, Devin Singletary was phenomenal down the stretch last year, right? Including the playoffs. The last six games of the season, including the playoffs, were f- phenomenal for, for Devin Singletary. You know, and in those last six games, 102 rushes for 430 yards and eight rushing touchdowns, 15 catches for 111 yards. If you took that six game sample size, and you average it out across 17 games right right like an entire regular season devin singletary would have had 289 rushes for 1218 yards 23 rushing touchdowns that's probably a really inflated number right eight rushing touchdowns in six games that'll regress but i'm not sure the 1218 yards on 289 carries isn't sustainable and then 43 receptions For 314 yards. That put Devin Singletary over 1,500 yards from scrimmage. Now, here's something that we're not remembering when it comes to Devin Singletary last year, right? We loved what happened late in the season. We loved it. It was awesome. Devin Singletary probably won some people some fantasy championships out there. But part of the reason he wasn't more effective early on was because he fumbled. The guy fumbled the ball four times in the first four games of the season. I think twice in week one. And then he had a fumble in week two, no fumbles in week three, and then another fumble in week four. You've seen the way Sean McDermott treats guys that fumble. He treats them like you should. Get off the field. You can't give the ball away. Now imagine if he didn't have those ball security issues early in the season. Devin Singletary might have gotten hot a lot sooner. He wound up having five fumbles on the year, so he had like one random fumble later on. But four fumbles in the first four games of the season, that was prohibitive in Devin Singletary kind of taking the step we saw late in the season. Now, we'll talk about some of those other dynamics that helped Devin Singletary take that step later on, but I do think we should be reminded and acknowledge that those early fumbles took something away from Devin Singletary's opportunity. Now, when you look at Zach Moss last year, really an interesting story to tell here because he was mostly a non-factor. He was a replacement-level player, in my opinion. And if you recall, he wasn't active for week one. And some speculation existed that it was to give him more time to recover from the season-ending injury that he had in, in the playoffs in 2020 But that wasn't the case. He was fully healthy. The Bills chose to not activate him for week one. And then you saw the Devin Singletary fumbles. Hello, Zach Moss. Zach Moss played in 14 games last year. Very, very stark contrast between what he did in the first seven games compared to the last seven games. First seven games for Devin Singletary last year, 65 rushes. 223 yards and three touchdowns, 18 catches, 166 yards and a touchdown. The second seven games, everything's like cut in half. 32 rushes, so 65 rushes down to 32, 223 rushing yards down to 112, three touchdowns down to, down to one, 18 catches down to five, 166 yards receiving down to 31. So he had his big opportunity when you know, Devin Singletary was fumbling, And before he took the big jump, and then Zach Moss just got faded out of the offense, right? And that's discouraging to me because as he became more healthy, right, as he became more further removed from the injury, his contributions to the team declined. Let's talk about Matt Breida. How about a disappointment that was, right? kind of warned everybody about this in the preseason or after he was signed and in that conversation. He's a fast guy, and that's it. No feel for the game, blown assignments, not running routes to the right side of the field, ball handling issues. He he didn't help the team. I mean, he certainly made a couple of plays, but as that X-factor speed back, didn't move the needle. And we've really yet to see the Bills actually get a third back going in any meaningful way, right? They've had T.J. Yeldon, they had Matt Breida. They kind of struggle to get two backs going, let alone three. So That's one of the very interesting dynamics of this year's position group when you consider potentially there being three running backs that can help this offense. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, It can really be stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can get you help and get you $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant tra- transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. So now that we've reflected back on 2021, it's time to kind of just take a quick glance at what's new. What's new about this room and what does that tell us? Well, you went from Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, and Taiwan Jones to Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, Duke Johnson, and Taiwan Jones. Now, I would anticipate one of those players not making the roster. And the leader in the clubhouse, to me, is Duke Johnson. We'll get into that a little bit further on here. But you've basically added the most meaningful thing that you added to the room this year is James Cook, who brings speed and nuance, right? Not just speed. <laughs> Speed's great, but you got to be able to play football. Speed and nuance, but also a really, really dynamic receiving skill set. And so as we have already kind of reflected back on 2021 and realized just how poor the contributions were from a receiving standpoint from the Bills' backfield, you, you know that they wanted to add a pass catcher. Obviously, when they went after J.D. McKissick and couldn't pull that off and how pissed off Brandon Bean was about that and a second-round pick invested on James Cook. They wanted that skill set. Clearly, they wanted that skill set. So they're looking for more contributions in the passing game. And that's really, really important because as we've seen the NFL evolve in the way defenses are playing good quarterbacks, it's two high safeties and and really flooding the coverage lanes, right? They want to flood the back end of the defense, that way that they can have more guys in coverage to take away routes. Well, that makes it harder for your quarterback to slot throws down the field. What's your counter to that? Well, first of all, run the football, get them out of it, force them to play guys down closer to the line of scrimmage and in the box to create some spacing advantages, but also throw the ball to running backs. That, that's, those are the guys that you can get the football to, ask them to create and keep the chains moving. Those are going to be the players that are going to have a natural advantage just based on alignment with some of your flare routes and getting out into the flats. That's going to force a player to buzz down and tackle them, and they're in a really good spot to make somebody miss and convert, right? You've seen the Patriots for a bazillion years with James White and those types of players, Kevin Falk, just nightmares to deal with. And that just improves your overall ability to function as an offense. And the Bills needed that link, that missing piece of this this offense. I think they got it in James Cook. So that's what it tells me. They wanted the speed dynamic, but they needed a better player, and they needed pass-catching ability. So what are the biggest questions now and in the future for the room? And I won't do it this way for every position group, but I want to kind of look at it player by player because with running back rooms, it's a lot about complementary skill sets and how it all fits together to, to produce your backfield production. And let me go ahead and say this. If you have questions, like tough questions, about other position groups and players, send them in because part of what we're going to do in this portion of the discussion is answer a couple of the questions that were sent in and I have some really good ones about Devin Singletary. So go ahead and send them in. We're going to get to all the position groups. So if something's on your mind, something really hard or challenging or something that's a hang up for you in the room or something underrated that we're not discussing, send it in. Joe at the draft is the email at the Joe Marino on Twitter, but I'm going to kind of weave those into this portion of the conversation. Starting with Devin Singletary, My, and this is a question from myself, and, and I'm going to try to answer it as well. Like one of the, the real questions regarding Devin Singletary this year is the dynamics that made him successful late in the season last year versus what I think the offense is going to look like this year when it comes to the run scheme. The Bills under Brian Dable, you've heard me say this a lot this offseason, they wanted to be a multiple-scheme rushing offense. They wanted to be able to do gap runs. They wanted to be able to do zone runs. And that multiplicity sounds really, really good, right? Man, you can challenge them both ways. You want to be able to evolve what you do week to week to attack your defense that you're facing the best possible way. Sounds great. But you also have to have the skill sets to be able to do that, and you actually need to be good at it. And I don't think the Bills had the right mix of talent on the offensive line to be a multiple run scheme. So, They committed to a gap-style rushing attack late in the season last year, and that coincided with Devin Singletary producing the best production of his career, the best six-game stretch of his career. Now, if you ask anybody, and I did this. I was with uh, my my colleagues at the Draft Network a couple weeks ago, and I just asked them a question, just kind of pulling around to see if there was a consensus. When you think of Devin Singletary, what style of rushing offense do you think his game translates best to? Everybody said zone rushing. Everybody said that. And I would say the same too. But he was more effective under gap runs. But I don't think that's because it's a misassessment of the skill set. I think it's just because the Bills didn't have the right scheme. They didn't have the right mix of players to do a zone rushing offense. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to call out two players. And I hate doing this because I really like Daryl Williams. He's a good football player. He just wasn't a good fit for what the Bills wanted to do when they did zone-rushing offenses. And I'm also going to point out John Feliciano. When you're trying to run zone-rushing plays and you don't have enough mobility up front, which is John Feliciano, below-average athlete, Darrell Williams, below-below-average athlete, right? If you don't have that lateral movement, then you're not going to be able to widen lanes when you're play-side Because you can't get to your landmarks. You're slow-footed. You're tight. You can't move effectively enough to widen those lanes, and you're sure as hell not going to hit the the backside cutoff. Reach block and get a guy, you know, get your hips around, set up cutback lanes, making sure that they can't penetrate from the backside and, and get to your running back. Constipate your offense. Talked about this. The Bills... Have zero athleticism questions on this offensive line now. The Bills probably have the most athletic offensive line in the NFL. The Vikings might have something to say about that, but the Bills have one of the most athletic offensive lines in the NFL. Anything you want to do laterally or from a range perspective, you got it. Bills have outstanding athletes on this offensive line. That's going to allow you to more effectively run a zone-rushing attack. So that's kind of my biggest question is if the Bills are going to be a zone-rushing offense and Devin Singletary's best success came when the Bills embraced a gap-style system, what's going to happen? Well, I I think the infrastructure in place is going to be really, really good for Devin Singletary to play in this zone-rushing attack. So that's my big question. Christian's got a good question here about Devin Singletary and him being an expiring contract. Christian says, how do you view the Bills' running back room beyond this season? If Devin Singletary continues to build upon his strong finish to 2021 and finishes this season as a borderline top 10 back. Will the team move on from him? He has a cap hit of around $2.8 million this season. Would you or would he re-sign for two years $12.6 million like Chase Edmonds did with Miami, which is the 14th highest average annual value, or three years $21 million, which is what James Conner with Arizona signed for as a 10th highest average annual value. Or are you comfortable with a potential Zach Moss and James Cook show next year if we don't make any significant additions? As much as I have a soft spot for Singletary and want him on the team, it seems he may be out after the year unless he takes a very team-friendly deal. Yeah, Christian, I think you've, you've presented this in a good way. The, the three contracts. So let's assume Devin Singletary has a pretty good year that's somewhat in line with last season. I think the three contracts that you point to as your foundation for the conversation, it's Kenyon Drake with the Raiders signed two years eleven million dollars. It's Kareem Hunt with the Browns, two years twelve million dollars, and Chase Edmonds with the Dolphins, two years twelve point six million dollars. So I would expect something five, six million dollars on a probably a two year deal is what Devin Singletary will get, whether that's from the Bills or somebody else. So I think that's those are the contracts that we use as the foundation. I'm not paying Devin Singletary that. And that's not because I don't like Devin Singletary. It's just I don't really believe in committing that type of capital in a running back. I really don't believe in paying running back second contracts at all, unless you're like a niche player, like a Jamal Williams, two-year, six million. You know you're going to get plus... Special teams ability, really good pass blocking and short yardage skills. Like, okay, pay those players a very modest two, two and a half, three million dollars. But I just keep, I would just keep investing day two picks on running backs and keep churning them and maintain control as long as it makes sense. But you know, with the Bills next year, I I don't know. I I'm not committing that type of of cap space to a running back. That's five six million. That's what I want to commit to the entire room. So, you know, see what you have in James Cook this year. See what you have in Zach Moss, but probably let Devin Singletary walk and, and draft another player on day two next year to complement Cook and Moss. That's, that's what I would do. Use that other money to get a backup quarterback or more depth on the O-line or to extend somebody or sweeten the, the pot for Jordan Poyer. I'd rather do that with that money than give it to Devin Singletary. I just don't believe in paying running backs. There's, there's no good success stories out there. So maybe you think I'm a hard person when it comes to running backs, but you tell me. Go, look, go study the league and tell me what running back deals out there make sense. They don't. Next one comes from Jerry. This kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, if Devin Singletary goes. Jerry says, with the way the Bills handle the running back position, I don't see them re-signing Devin Singletary after this year. Do you have any early analysis on Sean Tucker from Syracuse? Could he be a good pick for a replacement for Devin Singletary? I figured there'd be some some listeners out there that were Syracuse fans that would want me to talk about Sean Tucker, their running back. They're really, really good running back. I mean, I think he just had the most productive season in history for Syracuse, and they've had some good backs come through. Sean Tucker's a, a really intriguing football player. I think he's I think he's in that day two conversation. He's explosive. He's like he's got good size. He's like 5'10, 210, something like that, 215. He's not not a small back, but he's I mean he's got blazing speed. Love the speed. He's gonna win a lot of foot races, and that makes him really dynamic. The the questions that I have with Sean Tucker are passing downs, right? I think he's got a long, long ways to go in pass protection. That was not a strength of his game. I don't think he processed well, and I don't think his blocking technique is very good, and I want to see him be a little bit more eager to help on pass pro. That's going to be something he's going to have to evolve on. I want to see him be more of a factor throwing the football to him. Now, you would think, based on his skill set, that he would be a very good pass catcher, and maybe he is, but he hasn't been given that opportunity at Syracuse. And then the last thing I'll say about Sean Tucker, I don't think this is a Matt Breida like one for one, but I do want to see him become a more nuanced runner, right? It's not just get the ball and run as fast as you can, right? There's just more to it. You have to be able to press holes, manipulate the second level, set up cutback lanes, and I don't think he does a whole lot of that. I think he's a get the ball and go, right? There's a patience. There's a vision. There's a decision-making component of rushing the football that I think he's going to have to embrace to allow himself to be a good pro. I think what he does right now is good for Syracuse, but. He's going to have to evolve his game a little bit at the next level. And you really see that in open space. You know, a guy like him, with all the twitch and speed in the world, his plan to make guys miss is just simply to outrun them. Well, that's mitigated at the next level when guys are faster. I want to see more of a plan with the ball in his hands in open space, more more twitch, more dynamic cuts, more setting up tacklers. So I I, I see the package. I'm intrigued by the package. But there's another step for him to take. But I think he's kind of on that trajectory to be a day-two pick and a player I'd be I'd be really interested in because I think he gives you more power. Well, he's got a different body build. He gives you a, a good amount of power, tons of speed, and, and has more of a projection as a complete player than you would get from a Devin Singletary. And so him with James Cook and Zach Moss, That intrigues me quite a bit. Speaking of Zach Moss, let's talk about him here for just a moment because he's the next player here that we're going to kind of answer some tough questions about or examine some tough questions about. I I think with Moss, it really comes down to what is there left to salvage? Now, he's only been in the league for two years, and and there's been injuries both years, right? I, I recognize that. And I recognize that the same stuff that I talked about that I think is going to make Devin Singletary more successful when it comes to the scheme and the composition of the offensive line. It applies to Zach Moss, right? I agree with that. But the question for me is what opportunity is going to be there for him? You know, If he's the third back, where does the opportunity come from? The Bills really haven't gotten the third running back going. I think James Cook is going to eat some market share up here. And this is going to be a pass-centric offense. So if you're RB3 in a pass-centric offense, what opportunity are you going to have to really showcase your ability? I think the biggest thing for Zach Moss is he's got to profile well as a player that succeeds in short yardage, and that's what he has to be able to do for the Bills. And I think if he can take short yardage carries off of Josh Allen, that would be huge. Now, here's the problem, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but Zach Moss hasn't been a good short yardage back in the NFL. He just has not been. So I don't really have a whole lot to go off of in terms of what he's done in the league that suggests to me that he's going to be a good short yardage back. Now, does he have the skill set to be a good short yardage back in terms of a dense frame, You know, 220-plus pounds, wants to be physical? All of that's there, but he's got to have a better feel for – attacking the line of scrimmage he's got to have better vision he's got to have better decision making so you can have the requisite physical skill but the technical skill has to be there as well we haven't seen that yet from zach moss and, and here's probably the bigger question that sounds great okay let's live in a world where he becomes a very good short yardage back for the bills well if you're an rb3 you got to play special teams if you're going to dress your RB3 has to play special teams if they're going to dress. Folks, Zach Moss hadn't played a down of special teams yet in the NFL. Questions here, right? There's questions about how he can actually help this team. Now, I, I would love for him to be the short yardage back. Would love that. And I'd love that for some of that to come off of Josh Allen, but I just don't get the warm fuzzies about it because I don't really have anything from his two years in the league that suggests that that's going to be on his plate or should be on his plate. I want to talk about James Cook, the rest of the running back room, the questions and the expectations for 2022. But first, I need to tell you about Bet Online, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. They've got everything you can ask for, the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news. They've got Major League Baseball that you can bet on, footballs, futures, Vegas casino games. They've got everything. It's really, really fun. They've got the over-unders right now for quarterback production. So if you... You know, If you think Josh Allen's going to throw for 4,600 yards or whatever and 35 touchdowns, you can go and they have the over-under set and you can pick, and, and those are really fun prop bets that you can, you can look at as well as you know who's going to be the MVP and who's going to win the division and all that type of stuff. Tons of great stuff you can bet on. They have live betting and eSports as well. It is awesome. My favorite place, they've got MMA, boxing, golf, Major League Soccer. Check it out. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. All right, so let's talk a little bit about James Cook and, and some of the questions that I have with him entering this season. And, and really, as a rookie, a second-round pick, it's, it's what is the curve? What's going to be the curve here? And I think there's some good reasons to believe that there won't be much of a curve, right? He played in the SEC, which is the best – conference in college football. It's the most like the NFL. He's he's played against the best of the best. And his brother's Dalvin Cook. He's been in the league one of the best backs in the NFL. So you feel like the dynamics in place that would uh, reduce that curve are absolutely in place. And it feels like he should be ready to go right away. So I, I'm that's a question but one I feel good about. Next is just how much of a between the tackles workload can he command? And I think it's important that he does command a between-the-tackles workload. Now, you look at his frame, and, and it doesn't suggest well to being a, a downhill runner. It's kind of a tall, narrow build. Look at his legs. I mean, he's very thin in his lower half. So if he's just an outside runner and a pass catcher, I worry a little bit about that because it's such a specific role. If he's just an outside runner and a pass catcher, that takes away from his effectiveness due to the predictable nature of his role. I think he's going to need to showcase that he can function between the tackles and in pass protection. If every time James Cook steps on the field, they either throw the ball to him or they run the ball outside, well, the defense says, thank you very much. I think he's got to show a a more well-rounded skill set. There's reason to believe that he can, and I don't think his bread and butter is ever going to be pass pro and running between the tackles, but he's got to have a pulse. He's got to have a pulse, or else he's just going to be too predictable, and that's going to take away from his effectiveness and what he can do. The other three backs the Bills have on the roster entering camp, Duke Johnson, who's been a pretty good player in the NFL, but I, I felt like the NFL kind of moved on from Duke Johnson last year. after he wasn't really on a team, Dolphins became very, very desperate for a running back. They signed him. He had a nice little four-game stretch, and the Bills brought him to be part of their team. But you know, him being just sitting on the street for so long last year was not a good indicator. Um, I think he's good depth, but I think he's going to have to be decisively better than Zach Moss to be on this roster. Maybe he's a practice squad guy. You'd love to have Duke Johnson on your practice squad. Taiwan Jones, big time leader for the football team, big time special teamer, gunner, jammer. You know what he is? I mean you, you you hardly even think of him as a running back, but you had to classify these guys somehow. more of a special teams player. I would fully expect him to make the roster. And then Raheem Blackshear, UDFA out of Virginia Tech. I mean, small, not explosive. yeah, I, I just don't I don't see the path for him unless he's this really good return guy, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think he's a camp body that you're going to see playing in the fourth quarter of the preseason games, trying to get out of those games. So what are my expectations for the Bills running backs in 2022? Three words for you. Be more productive. There's a low bar to clear, right? We talked about this. Bills running backs last year, 27th in rushing yards in the NFL. Only teams behind them, the Giants, Jaguars, Steelers, Panthers, and Texans. It's embarrassing. And make a bigger impact in the passing game. 54 catches, 406 yards, 26th in catches, 28th in yards for running backs in the NFL last year. Be more productive. Now, the ingredients are in place for them to be more productive. Obviously, you have a a really good passing offense, which is going to lead to favorable boxes for you to run the football against. Like That's going to be there. But also, like I've talked about, I think the vision for this rushing attack is going to be much more clearly defined, and you have the skill sets to do it on your offensive line with a lot of really good coaching influence when you consider Joe Brady, Mike Shula, and especially Aaron Cromer. So be more productive. And then I guess this kind of goes hand in hand, just kind of the second thing I have written down, is take something off of Josh Allen. That's the... That's the most meaningful thing that this group can do is take something off of Josh Allen. We always talk about this team is Josh Allen is the straw that stirs the drink. And of course he is, right? He's the quarterback, but that straw is real big. It's bigger than any straw in the NFL, right? I think no team asks their quarterback to do more than the Buffalo Bills do with Josh Allen. So whether it's Zach Moss being able to take the short yardage work or James Cook really. Emerging as a pass catcher. And, and instead of Josh Allen have to, having to scramble as much to be able to check the ball down to James Cook, and so Josh Allen goes from being his own check down to throwing the ball to James Cook, that takes something off of Josh Allen. Take some strat, like be a more productive group so that way you don't have to throw the ball 45, 50 times every single game. Be, be able to have different scripts to win games. I know the Bills love this idea of, hey, we want to be two-dimensional on offense and force other teams to be one-dimensional. Well, that's great. I love that. But there's been issues late in games kind of closing things out where you need to be able to rely on your backs to be able to grind out and get out of games and they stall out. Now, there's been a few nice instances of it working, but not with the level of consistency that we're going to want for a team that we expect to have leads in the fourth quarter. And of course, the whole dynamic of, you, know, you can have some weather right? in Buffalo, late in the season, cold, all that type of stuff. You want to see this group become more reliable and more productive. And with a really good infrastructure around them, the opportunity is absolutely there. So there you have it. We, we broke down this Bill's running back room entering the season, and, and I thought this was a good conversation, and we're going to have it about all the position groups, so... If anything you want me to specifically address or questions you have, please send them in. And uh, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed. Would love it if it took a second to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Have a great weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.